You're listening to the We Talk Seahawks podcast, a podcast brought to you by Seahawks UK. Stay tuned to our weekly episodes for pre-game and post-game shows, as well as fun and engaging discussions, and hopefully some special guest interviews along the way. Thank you for listening, stay tuned, and go Hawks! Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you've all been well. Joining me tonight, we've got the Pez. Pez, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good, thanks. No, that's what I meant. Um, obviously, Matt, again, can't join us tonight. He's doing his fancy draft with his uni team, I believe. Um, it is that time of year, so can't blame him for that. Um, he'll only pick Philip Dorsett, though. So, you know, he's, he's picked the wrong option, really. He could be joining us or he could be drafting Philip Dorsett in fantasy. I think he's I think he's joined I'm, the... Uh, I'm free agents. I'm free agent, yeah. Had him free agent now. <laughs> Bless him. I don't think he's recovered from that yet. <laughs> um, but no, joining us tonight, we've got a very special guest. Um, he's one half of the Ball Hawks podcast. Um, he's from the beautiful part of the world that is Canada. Massive Seahawks fan. Um, we're delighted to have him on. And it is Mr. Chris Phillips. Chris, how are you, mate? James, Pez, what's going on, guys? I'm uh, you know, really thrilled to be here, like we were talking about off air. Um, you know, we, we tried to make this happen uh, back in May, but it was just it was uh, Mother's Day on on my side of the <laughs> pond and a couple other things going on. So we weren't able to make it work then. Um, so, yeah, I'm really happy to jump on with you guys right before the season starts. And yeah. uh, I, I guess I'm a little bit uh, happy that Matt's here. No offense to Matt. I just don't want to have to face him after. I don't know if you guys listened to uh, to, to my my <laughs> podcast last week, but I completely forgot his name. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah, I'm jumping on next week with the uh, with the We Talk Seahawks guys from over in the UK. I was like joining Pez and James, and then I go, oh crap, what's the other guy's name? <laughs> so Matt, I do apologize, uh, but I'm I'm glad uh, you're not here, so I don't have to uh, you know face the music. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's probably a good job he's not here then. Fair enough. He's uh, he'll be doing a fancy draft next week as well then. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, no. So tonight we're going to say we'll, we'll get Chris's opinion on on some of the things we've talked about in in previous podcasts. We'll go over the off season. Um, obviously, yeah, again, very busy off season with the Seahawks. Plenty of talking points as there is every season with this team. Um, there's non-stop drama, is there? So we've got plenty to talk about, as always. Um, we'll go over the 53-man roster. If there was any sort of, you know, you know, guys in there who made the roster who we didn't sort of foresee making the roster, or a few guys that we, you know, didn't see getting cut who, who've been cut and maybe ended up on the practice squad. Um, so obviously we won't go through each 53 guy, each 53 guys that are on the roster that would be here till the Colts game next Sunday. Um, but yeah, we'll go over a basic overview of that. Um, and then we're going to go with some hot takes, see if we've got any little uh, little opinions spewing around the spewing around the room that maybe we'll get a few eyebrows raised for the for the coming season. Um, and then, like I say, we'll go through a little bit of a game-by-game prediction um, in terms of the 17 weeks of football that we're looking forward to over the next uh, six months, isn't it? Six months till about February. Um, and we'll go over, like I say, a little... Getting the uh, tightening the wins up. Um, see where we see where we see Hawks picking up the wins. See where we see the the Hawks maybe dropping a few games here and there. Um, so oh, it should be should be a very good one tonight. Looking forward to it. Um, so I guess we'll start with the off season. Um, like I say, plenty of headlines during the off season um, from Jamal Adams's contract to Russell Wilson's saga to 
Oh, just just everything. Um, it, it's yet again, like I said, there's, there's never never a, a Seahawks preseason without some line of drama or some you know big story circulating around the around the team and the facility. So, um, like I said, Chris, I, I, I don't know if you've got any sort of headlines or sort of opinions on on the Seahawks preseason and, and off season in terms of any moves you've made that you've agreed with. I mean, obviously the big one recently being Jamal Adams and, and handing him the four year $72 million contract. I mean, are you in favour of that? Was that a bit of an overpay or, or are you happy to lock in Jamal Adams for the next four years? No, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I mean, it's 17 and a half million per year, making the highest paid safety in the league, but not the highest paid player on the team. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of their, their, or not the highest paid defensive player. I should, I should say they wanted to yeah. keep that, uh, that designation to Bobby Wagner, which um, it absolutely should be. Um, I mean, it, the, when the contract details leaked and, you know, it was leaked and saying like, Oh, Jamal's not going to sign this. I, I was saying like, okay, like that's a good contract, but instead of 38 million, give him maybe 40 million guaranteed instead. So yeah, I was, I was definitely in favor of that contract. I think after the draft capital that they gave up to acquire Jamal Adams, yeah. um, they, they also gave up a lot of their negotiating leverage in that scenario right they, they they had no other option in my opinion but to sign them yeah. um because you can't just let them you're not going to recoup that draft cap that draft capital excuse me uh and you can't just let them walk for free either so uh yeah. it was uh jamal jeff definitely had uh i would say the upper hand um, mm. But even with Jamal having the upper hand, I think the Seahawks did a good job of kind of standing their ground as well, saying like, this is kind of, you know, this is our limit um, mm. and this is where we stand. And so, yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know, like, have you, can you guys remember a more dramatic Seahawks <laughs> off season than this year? Like we had. Probably not in run- my time. Right. Like it- jump and I'll say, I, I think, Personally, without going too much down one of my rabbit holes on Pete Carroll, <laughs> I personally just think it, he's trying to stay in this win now mode, mm. and it it's almost feeling like it now. It almost feels like it's all high pressure, but it it, it never used to be like this. Like you think about when he first came in the Super Bowl and these plays, he never used to care, but now they're making these kind of trades, what they would never used to make. And to me, it's just almost like it's all rush. It's horrible. I, I don't like it because it never used to be what he was about. Mm. And it's almost like he's just fa- feeling the pressure to keep this team where it is. Because if it drops, say this year, we have no playoffs. Mm. All this glorification, of Pete Carroll really goes out the window quickly. It'll go fast and sharp, yeah. in my opinion, but, anyway. But, I mean, to counter that, they, they have to stay in, in a win-now mentality, right? They, they have a franchise quarterback uh, who is getting older. I think, how old's Russ now? 32, 33 years old, right? So yeah. he's not going to be around forever. Uh, and he's also nearing the end of his contract. So, I mean, again, the Seahawks are going to be also in a point of do we extend Russ again? Do we try to, you know, maybe get some draft capital and, and move on? Like, where do we go with Russell Wilson in the future? So I think in that sense, they have to be in win now mode because they, while they have that franchise quarterback and I mean that, that defensive stalwart and Bobby Wagner, who's also getting up there in age, they have to 
you know, put all their chips in the middle and say, we're going for it year after year after year. We're going to keep going for it until we, you know, get that second Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it's 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 similar. I'll just point out as well. It, six minutes into the recording, and, and Pez has mentioned Pete Carroll. Is that is that that's got to be a record, doesn't it, for you? <laughs> I don't know. My my my, he, he pissed me off, man. <laughs> Some of these cuts he, he he got under my skin. It really wound me up. But I know it's technically not always him because it's John mm. as well. But effectively, it's who Pete. This many years down, it's who Pete wants, mm. and like. Chris said the the whole win now mess like the whole thing of the win now for me personally is if Pete Carroll wants to be like that he needs to let go of some of the reins like we were talking in the last podcast and he might be doing this with Aldrin but until I see it I don't believe it because he's not done it with anyone else so why is he going to do it with a guy who's never been an offensive coordinator before he's never called the plays before so why is he all of a sudden going to go, do you know what? That's the guy I'm just going to leave the offense to and hope for the best and not be meddling. Did he not give, like, when Schottenheimer there was, so, like, did he not give Schottenheimer kind of free reign for, I, I, I don't want to say the first entire season, but let's say maybe the first half a season, did he not give Schottenheimer the, the, the reins of the offense? I mean, last season, he did definitely give Schottenheimer the reins of the offense. Um, and then all of a sudden defenses figured it out. And so Pete had to kind of step in and say, okay, we're getting back to, you know, smash mouth, run the ball, um, you know, control the clock type of football, which is super boring football to watch. Um, but he's against being successful running that type of football. But then this is my point with it is Schottenheim is terrible. He was when they hired him. Like, people got really pissy about him being sacked and Russ being upset. But when he came to the Hawks, hadn't he been sacked from the Jets as the OC? Mm -hmm. If you're getting sacked from the Jets as the OC, he should know he shouldn't be anywhere near Russell Wilson. Like, it's baffling. And then, and then the thing with Pete Carroll is, right? His style of offense works in the pre in the regular season for me. These last couple of years, it's almost like the Seahawks that we talked about in the last podcast. They're really hot to start with and then burn out in the postseason because, and I put that down to because Pete Carroll's way of doing offense is old now, mm-hmm. and teams just know how to deal with it. It's like, all right, Pete Carroll's coming in with his offense. All right, Sam, because Mahomes is coming, Lamar Jackson's coming. All these new quarterbacks have come in and all these offensive coordinators from the college game have come in with this modern style. Like Pete was so successful because he came in from the college and like he says, he brought the college game with him and it kind of shocked a lot of teams where he turned the college style of play into an NFL level. But then you've got like um, Joe Brady and coaches who come from college doing that now. And they're bringing the modern-day college football into the NFL, and that's why they're being successful. And I really think that's why we keep stalling. Because, yeah, it's great being to the postseason. I get into regular arguments with people online about it. But if you're not wanting to win the Super Bowl, how are you just content with going to the wild card and the divisional every single year? I think that's Pete Carroll's limit. How I look at it, that's... His offensive vision, the wildcard divisional, is his limit. 
I don't think it's any surprise that the NFL is a passing league now. I mean, all the rules that the the league has put in to, you know, limit, uh, you know, the contact that quarterbacks can take and limit the uh, amount of contact the DB, you know, no contact past five yards for DBs on receivers and all the PI rules and this and that. And and like like you said, Paz, right, is is Pete is still very, you know, set in his ways of an old school mentality of run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, and, and that doesn't, that doesn't work in, in today's NFL. I mean, there's a time and a place and I mean, there's, you know, players as well, you know, but Seattle doesn't have a guy like Derrick Henry, uh, that can just continue to play that smash mouth style of football. Chris Carson's great. Uh, but he's also had his own, you know, issues with, with being able to stay on, on the field and, and his versatility and, and, uh, staying healthy. So it's, it's, there's, there definitely needs to be uh, a, a shift in, in mentality, uh, you know, from the top down, John Schneider, Pete Carroll, what have you. Uh, and I think we are seeing that a little bit on defense too, right? Cause I mean, that was Pete's big thing when he came into the league was all of a sudden he's bringing in these super tall, long, you know, gangly, uh, DBs, like the Richard Sherman's, the Brandon Browners, the Byron Maxwell's like those type of uh, DBs, uh, which everyone's like, what is Pete doing? Like, this isn't like your proto prototypical, you know, defensive back. Um, and now you see all the teams do it, but Seattle's now, of course, gone the other way. And I think they only have one defensive back who's over six feet right now. Um, <laughs> and that's, I think, Trey Flowers. Yeah. Yeah. As I was saying, like, can we all admit now that the cornerback situation is either going to be a stroke of genius or it's, 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 it's a worrying situation, isn't it? Yeah. We're a week out from the first week. And they're still signing guys to try and just because if we go on, what is it? DJ Reed's been moved to the left, and then if Trey Flowers starts on that right hand side, man, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like, <laughs> but then it, it 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 does. But then back to the whole Pete being stuck in his ways things. It does concern me because we all know what Trey Flowers is, mm. and the fact that Pete is still blindly willing to go with him. But the amount of times he's messed up and cost us badly, and he's still willing to give like all credit to him, like all credit to him for keeping faith in someone and never giving up on someone. Mm. And it it might show true this year, but I just think we've seen enough Trey Flowers to last a lifetime. I think, I think he's going yeah. into what is fourth year. Yeah, and I it, think it is. He, yeah, he wasn't great in his rookie year. Um, I think he had a pretty good year in his second year. I mean, we all know what last year was and it wasn't, uh, wasn't very good either. So I don't know, maybe he's just one of those guys that, uh, you know, every other year he plays well. Hmm. I mean, it's, 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 Hey, I I don't want to bank on that either. Like that, that's not, that's not a guy that you want to have to rely on. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I'm just just throwing it out there just to be like, well, you know, maybe this is the year that he kind of has a, has a bounce back year. And yeah, well, let's hope you're right. <laughs> well, let's hope you're right as well, because... Otherwise, we could be getting torched. Come we'll, we'll lose week. our minds, won't we? Oh, God. But like I say, it, it is the biggest sort of question mark for me anyway, hanging over the team at the minute in terms of which way our season can go, I think. The, I mean, people still want to 
drum up and bang on about Seattle's offensive line, which just seems to be, like you say, we've talked about it in previous podcasts. It, it's becoming just a sort of a scapegoat for people to just throw out there that, oh, the offensive line's bad, that's why we're not doing well. And and, and all this stuff that we hear, in, and, and, you know, rightly so in, in previous years, but I think you look at the offensive line last year, I thought it was massively improved. I think the only real question mark that's still hanging over that line at the minute is, obviously, you've got Dwayne Brown's contract, but you expect that get, to get sorted and, and, to, and for him to play in week one regardless um it, it's really just the center position that there's still a few sort of ums and ahs from you know the organization and, and the coaching staff and and stuff like that but i mean like you say Pez, it's either going to be a stroke of genius or we'll just all turn around and say well we all saw this coming like you know where was what like what were we even thinking would, would happen but i mean <sighs> Going back to the sort of something that you mentioned, Chris, about the change in mentality and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, we saw this, I think it was highlighted more than ever with the Russell Wilson situation this offseason with him publicly and, and you know, well, behind closed doors and, and, and kind of publicly because of how, how much it was drummed up in the media um, about him, you know, saying, look, I'm I'm sick of being the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. I, I want to win a Super Bowl again, like, Come on, let's let's stop being happy with wild cards and, and divisional rounds. Let let's push for for Super Bowls again. And 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 I think that sort of took Pete Carroll back a little bit and and, and the coaching staff back a little bit and kind of thought, oh, I, like that's the first time you know Russ has really sort of glared his teeth a little bit at the organization and and they sort of forced their hands a little bit. You saw the Gabe Jackson move and, and a few other guys coming in, um, and and you know obviously bringing in Shane Waldron to fit Russ's system and, and 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 pair him with a with an offensive coordinator that he that he likes and he trusts and and drafting a guy like d Eskridge who's just perfectly tailored for the way russ plays and I, i'm interested to get your opinion on that whole situation with with russell during the offseason chris because i think like say between myself and pairs i think i was more in the camp that it was sort of all being blown out of proportion a little bit and that you know people you know russ is just saying i want protection and there's nothing really wrong with that and 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 I think Pez you were a bit more in the camp of that, that it was a bit more serious and that you know Russ might sort of you know we, we really need to be taking this seriously otherwise Russ is going to force a you know a move out of here if he's not careful um so I'm I'm interested to see whether you thought it was sort of a bit more like say a bit more in my camp where it was a bit more sort of you know he's just sort of he's just saying he wants a bit of help you know, go and get him the help and, and we'll be fine and, and it'll be a Seahawks for life type thing. Or did you think it was a bit more serious and that he really, did you think for a, a few seconds that he really was going to leave? Uh, I mean, at first, no. I thought like, eh, you know, where there's like whatever, like he's he's publicly, uh, you know, voicing his displeasure with the team, voicing his displeasure with um, wanting to win, which I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I want to win. I hmm. want to win the Super Bowl. I'm not here just to, you know, play well in the regular season, uh, you know, maybe win a wild card game. Like I'm here to win the Super Bowl. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I don't think there's anything wrong either with saying I'm sick of getting hit so much, so much either. Like it's just maybe not, you know, the best thing to to say out in the public for everyone mm. to hear maybe mm-hmm. address that behind closed doors maybe talk to you know the john schneider and pete carroll and say guys like we got to do something here like i you know i'm sick of being hit so much um you know i want to win i'm i i, I 
we, I need more protection. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having those conversations. There's nothing wrong with wanting your franchise quarterback to have more say uh, in the how your team is built. Um, yeah. When Seattle lost the uh, the wild card game to the Rams last year, um, I have a group chat with with some of my uh, friends. We uh, we all cheer for different teams, so we all talk trash to each other throughout <laughs> the entire football season. And uh, and I, you know, my my buddy. Uh, asked me the question. He said, you know, where does Seattle go from here? And I said, there's nothing, nothing can be taken off the table. Everything mm-hmm. needs to be, you know, listen to everything. And then, and they're like, what about Russell Wilson? I said, that includes Russell Wilson. So if yeah. a team comes to you and asks, is Russell Wilson available? And they make you an offer. I said, you, at this point, you have to listen. Um, and they said, so of course my buddy's like, okay, well, what is it? What would it take for you? I said, at least at minimum two firsts, a second and a starting caliber player, uh, yeah. which turns out I was actually pretty close in in the mm-hmm. ballpark based on what uh, some of the, the the trade rumors ended up being. Um, of course, as things started to progress more and more, and he said more things about you know I'm not happy about this, I'm not happy about that, and you would see the report from Adam Schefter and Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk, and like all these different things, like just it, it was starting to really snowball. Um, so yeah, there was a point where I was definitely concerned um, that it was going to happen, and that they were going to to trade him, you know, to somewhere else. The mm-hmm. one thing that kind of made me think like like it doesn't make sense is w- when you hear Chicago was mm-hmm. may- maybe the the one team who was kind of in the mix the most. Um, why trade Russell Wilson to a team that this year, I mean, sure, they traded up, but in the first round this year, they had the uh, 20th overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. And then next year with a quarterback like Russell Wilson, that draft pick's not getting worse. It's or getting better, excuse me. It's getting mm-hmm. worse. And in each subsequent year that he's in Chicago, you're not getting a, a you know a high value first round draft pick. So it didn't make sense to me, right? It for me, it's like if you're gonna trade him, trade him where you know you're getting high value, so you can at least look at at drafting his, I guess, successor, right? Yeah, yeah. And like you say, I mean, and and drafting to Chicago, I mean that that raised my eyebrows as well because not just like say with with all the things you've said as well there, but trading him to the NFC as well. Like if if you want rid of Russell, send him to the Jets, send him send him to somewhere in the AFC that you don't have to play him twice. It like you know every single season pretty much because of how the schedule works and stuff like that. Like send him and and obviously down the line in the playoffs and and if you can you know going to go to a Super Bowl because. It, it it just didn't make any sense to trade him within the conference either. Um, so like you say, I mean, it, it was it was just a, a really sort of it was it really sort of split the line between Seahawks fans. It was really sort of fifty fifty. Like half of the people in the camp were sort of like a bit like me and say like and and I guess a bit like you as well. Sort of you know it it, it is serious and and it is sort of you know you know we, we're not not taking what Russell Wilson's saying seriously, but it's also a bit like, you know, it, we'll sort it all out. This is Russell Wilson. You know, it, you know, it's one of those guys that you could never envisage in, a, in another guy's uniform, although we saw that with, with Brady this year. But, um, it, 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 you know, it, we just didn't see anything like that happening. And and then there was the other half of the fan base that was like, no, like, in, <laughs> Russell Wilson is really serious here and, and he really wants out. And, you know, and then, and then like, say that the Seahawks obviously took that seriously enough. Um Pez, I, I, I don't know what you, you know, want to say on that I, whole situation. I was, they, they were, he was never going to get traded. Mm. 
only solely for the fact of the Seahawks were never going to trade him. Like, the media just ran with it because did you not see as soon as the rust stuff was simmering, mm. they were trying their best to keep it alive with terrible, terrible, um, like, things coming up. But as soon as the Aaron Rodgers thing came, what, what's, oh, Russell Wilson's fine. Like, <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's yeah, rosy. Oh, because Rodgers is now on. Oh, they're all running over to Green Bay and they're going wild. <laughs> but the thing is, for me, is I think, like I said at the time on the podcast, I'm, I'm pretty sure Brady did it with the Patriots at, at some point or another. He had a similar blowout when basically Belichick was like, you're just going to do it my way. And Brady was like, well, no, mm. I've proven myself enough. I want to go. And I said it at the time. Um, and I think that's what Russ was saying. And I, like you said, James, I did. I do think it did take Pete Carroll back. But mm. I could imagine how the thing went. Russ, because he's so like chilled and he's like this, it's like, oh, 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 Pete, Pete, could you listen to my ideas, please? <laughs> shut, shut up, Russ. Just go and just, just go and throw some footballs, you idiot. <laughs> but Pete, but Pete, I think we could. No, no, all right, all right. Well, fuck this. I'm going on. To, <laughs> I'm going on to national telly, and I'm just going to blow it all out. And then you're going to realise I'm being serious. And Pete may have gone. Oh, all right then. Yeah, he was being serious. Yeah. But they were never going to trade him because I'll ask you this, Chris. They trade Russell Wilson. What happens to Pete Carroll? Well, if, yeah. Give two two seasons. What happens to Pete Carroll? I, uh, I, I, after everything kind of, you know, I guess blew over and, and it was kind of like, okay, Russ isn't going anywhere. Um, I'm pretty sure I tweeted it. If not, I definitely talked about it in, in private with, with, uh, friends of mine and other Seahawks fans is, you know, okay, Russ is playing here for at least this season, but next year we're probably going to go through all of this again. And I think this is the last year that we see Pete and Russ together, um, whether that be Russ is on the outs after this season or Pete is on the outs after this season, if they don't win a Super Bowl, I think at least one of them is gone after this season. But yeah, if, if Russell Wilson gets traded from the Seahawks, um, and let's, I mean, let's say Seattle doesn't do what the Bears did and trade up to draft someone like Justin Fields, um, then within two years, Pete and probably John Schneider are both out of Seattle. Do do you reckon, even if, so hypothetically, Russ went and they traded up and got, do you reckon reckon Pete could still do it? Do you reckon Pete could still rebuild this team at his age with how set in his ways he is? His philosophy, could he actually rebuild a team in that philosophy? I think bringing in a guy like Justin Fields definitely helps him because Justin Fields is, I think, the closest thing to what we saw Russell Wilson was in his rookie season in his earlier years. Um, mm. So I think it would have given him, you know, the the, the best opportunity, um, you know, with having someone at quarterback not named Russell Wilson uh, would have been Justin Fields. But at the same time, um, the Seahawks don't have that defense that they had back in 2012, 2013, 2014 either, right? So I, I think we we put a lot on, you know, if, if Russ is gone, what happens to Pete? But it's not just, you know, Russell Wilson keeps this team in a, in a lot of games because the defense hasn't been very good the last couple of years. Um, so, no, I don't think Justin Fields does give them the, the best chance um, 
you know, maybe he gives them a, a, a slightly better chance than someone else would on offense. Um, but he, they would still be, you know, uh, figuratively up a creek. <laughs> yeah, I think they would, to be fair. I mean, like I say, it, it's one of them things. It, it, Russell Wilson is the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, he, and I know, I know Pete Carroll's done, like I say, he's done, you know, fantastic things for the Seahawks and, and helped put the, the organisation on the map. But, you know, Russell Wilson really sort of, like you say, brought home the the you know the the, the team's first bit of silverware, and and you know, I think he was the most responsible for making the Seahawks into this you know international brand that they are today. And you know, like you say, Seattle's just this sleepy little sleepy little town up in the in the northwest of of, of the United States. It's not a big market, um, and obviously that that you know the fans are, are you know are diehard and loyal and, and and mainly sort of local. It's not like a New York Giants team or a Jets team where you know they're already this international brand that you see on you know people wearing on on clothing and and you don't even know who the team they are that you know that they're wearing on their <laughs> on their caps and on their sweatshirts and everything like that. But you know you, you walk around certainly the UK now and, and and you know you go to like the London games and and and, and stuff like that and th- there's so much more Seahawks fans in general but sort of the the brand has grown and and, and stuff like that and, and I put that solely not solely but a lot of that down to Russell Wilson since him coming in and, and, and everything he's done for the team so I think for me trading away Russell Wilson you're sort of trading away a little bit or quite a decent size of your actual brand and your organisation in itself so I just didn't see that move ever happening you know because of that reason as well um, and like I, said, like I said I don't know what your final thoughts are on that situation chris i um i I will agree that at at this point the the seahawks brand is is tied to russell wilson if they had traded russell wilson away that they would have lost a lot of that identity Mm. um but i i would argue that it's it was probably more guys like the the lob especially yeah i mean Richard Sherman with his antics and his his uh, his his loud mouth and uh, mm. everything that he did, I think more so put the spotlight on Seattle. Uh, mm. And Russ just kind of you know maintained it. Um, mm. I think the spotlight would have been on Seattle eventually, even without a guy like Sherman there, because Russell has been so good. But uh, yeah. I, I think Sherman kind of cast that spotlight um, and, mm. and initially. And it's funny that you mentioned like you know about wearing. Seahawks gear now and like yeah you see it everywhere like I go to down to Disneyland and you know see (laughs) people wearing Seahawks stuff all over the place or um and 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 that's that is definitely a a relatively newer thing like um back in uh actually back in 2006 I was over in uh your guys part of the world there I was backpacking through uh Europe and I was wearing a Seahawks hat I think I had a Seahawks shirt on as well at the time Mm -hmm. and there was actually a guy from Seattle staying at the same hostel (laughs) <laughs> and uh and he says to me he goes oh you're not from seattle are you i said no i'm not like weird that you would say that considering i'm wearing all seahawks gear he goes yeah nobody in seattle even dresses like that so like <laughs> so like 15 years ago people in seattle were like yeah like whatever like it's like they're just they're just there right so mm-hmm. it was kind of funny to hear that and, um and now yeah you can't go any like i was wearing a seahawks jersey at the grocery store the other get the other day and some guy <laughs> walks by me and yells out go hawks right so it's just it's- yeah um like I said, it, it's it, it's one of those things isn't it it's it's it was such a like I say on this wrapping up the russell wilson side of it it was just a it was probably the biggest headline of the off season um so yeah it was, it was interesting to get your your take on it um <laughs> 
I think also, um, just to chuck in, I was just thinking then whilst you're talking, um, I think definitely last year because they gave Pete that stupid contract, um, <laughs> like uh, as they did. I think definitely last year, if they had a predicament of it's either Russ or Pete, mm. I definitely think Josie Allen and the owners, they definitely would have stayed with Pete. But I don't know. I just get a feeling through the off season and with Russ doing what he did and some of the things that have gone down, I almost think now that they look like, because Russ is massive with Sierra, them two are worldwide massive like yeah. Sierra's very well known to like over in the UK, m- like our our age group, younger. My wife loves her music from back in the day and stuff. She's massive, and I think from a business point of view, let alone footballing point of view, I think the shift's been made where come the end of this year, like you said, I don't even think it's a Super Bowl win. I think it's a you just got to be in the NAC Championship. I think the Championship game is the game they have to get to, to show mm. progression. Mm. But I think if it came to it and it was another wild card or a thing and it all bubbled up again, I honestly think the organisation would be on the back of Ross over Pete this time. I think they mm. would look at it and go, mm. all right, Pete, you, you've created us to what we are, but you kind of took us to a, you you just literally took us to the middle road. Yeah. The same. We need something new to get us over the edge again. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know why. I don't even have any facts to even do it. I just. Well, I, I think it's because, like you say, it's it's the fans have sort of you know. I mean, we're not trying to act as spoiled, like as like a spoiled fan base here, but we're kind of getting sick of just wild card and and sort of like we've we're, we're getting to that point every season, and it's and in recent seasons it's been losing the wild card or losing the divisional, and that and that's it. We we just want to see that jump now. The thing is, Pete's got away with it for so long. Because, mm-hmm. but now he's becoming a victim of his own success. Yeah, he's got away with these wild cards and divisionals for a very long time because of them back-to-back Super Bowls. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, if they won back-to-back Super Bowls, we wouldn't even have this conversation right now because I honestly think they would be something of the Patriots' standard. Like, they would yeah. have literally run away with it. But we're not, and them two back-to-back Super Bowls and the drama of the second Super Bowl it, it's giving him a good cushion but now a lot of fans, it's all wearing off now and he's become a victim of his own success because of like we're used to a standard what you're not showing us anymore yep. and at the end of the day he's the head coach, blame anyone you want blame Russell Wilson, blame the defence, blame Ken Norton who's very questionable as a coordinator blame Schottenheimer at the end of the day he's the head coach it's on his head he took the reins. It was clear and evident for me personally when he took Schottenheimer up into the box. I honestly think it became a point where they're at logheads. It was get him off the field because they don't see eye to eye anymore. Put him in the box. And he took the reins and look how bad it went. Mm. Yeah, Skybox shotty. If you look at it, if you look at it from outside of outside of the box of what you read on social media and you just want to believe what they put out there and you have a look at it from a different angle, you got to look at it and go, well, everyone said Pete took over the offense and look how badly downhill it went. Do you want to roll with that? 
I don't even understand why Pete does take over the offense. Pete's a defensive no. coach. Like, why are you? Why keep your hands off the? It's like, uh, uh, you know, remember, remember the Titans when uh, Denzel Washington tells his uh, his coordinator, he says, "You worry about your def- uh, your defense. I'll worry about my offense or whatever he says." It's like somebody yeah. needs to have that conversation with Pete Carroll. <laughs> like, worry about the defense. We've got the offensive offense hand. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe they need to bring in Denzel Washington to have that conversation yes. with Pete. It's like. He yes. can't talk back to Denzel Washington. Like, I wouldn't want to, right? One of them no. inspirational speeches he does in front of the media. It's yeah. like, get, get Pete sat down now. But maybe that's what we need. Shit on. <laughs> we need a coaching staff of Denzel Washington. Um, what's uh, Scarface? What's his? I can't remember his real name. Um, Friday Night Lights. We need we need all the famous sort of, you know, coaches from all these American football. Stuff. Get, just put them and just let them do all their motivational speaks every single week and we'll be fine. That's right. one. Offensive <laughs> genius. <laughs> <laughs> right, on a more cheerier note, because I took us on a... I took us, <laughs> As I you always I do. I said I wasn't going to take us on a rabbit, <laughs> down a rabbit hole, but we, we definitely went down that rabbit hole, didn't we? Um... <laughs> On a cheerier note, what have you liked about the preseason and off season? What things have made you go, "Oh, I'm, I'm excited about that"? Uh, <laughs> the preseason was tough. I mean, not yeah. seeing the not seeing the starters in the preseason was really, really tough um, to come away. I mean, especially the first two preseason games when they looked god awful. It was really hard to come away and say, "Like, oh, I really liked that," or "I really liked this," or. Uh, what have you. Um, but I mean, I guess we may as well open this can of worms, James. Um, I really liked Cody Barton. <laughs> oh, well, since you brought him up, oh. <laughs> I think uh, I think I've got an apology to make to Mr. <laughs> to Mr. Barton. Um, I think, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was something along the lines of that Cody Barton isn't anyone's ideal, you know, idea of a backup <laughs> linebacker. Um, so... And and then of course he balls out in the in the final preseason game after I say that and is just you know one of the standout guys from from preseason. Um, so I will apologise to Mr. Barton. Um, I hope that he continues to be our backup linebacker. Um, and I hope he he he's absolutely smashes it this season. Um, I'm sure he'll forgive me because I have given him a cracking line to put on his tombstone. Um, whenever that time comes, you know, it he, he lies Cody Barton. Nobody's ideal idea of a backup <laughs> linebacker, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 take my punishment. I will apologise to Cody Barton live on the podcast. I am deeply sorry, Mr. Barton. Carry on, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he looked really good. He looked fast all preseason. Um, of course, the the last game against the Chargers, there he had that uh, strip sack that Marquise Blair took back for a touchdown, which was great. Uh, obviously, Jordan. Jordan Brooks was, I mean, how can you not say positive things about Jordan Brooks preseason? Uh, definitely looking like that middle linebacker of the future um, for, you know, whenever Bobby's time comes. And in the meantime, we'll, we'll play him at outside linebacker and he'll shine there, right? Yeah. Uh, Daryl Taylor looked really good. Um, he was, I don't know if you guys like, noticed or not, but he was absolutely blowing past guys on the offensive line in the first couple games he was having issues like just like really like turning those hips and getting towards the quarterback Mm. um but he he corrected that in the third preseason game against the Chargers. so i'm really excited to see what he does uh come the regular season and and and, um just what he can do off the line yeah off 
offensively, like I said, there wasn't much to get excited about offensively because I think up until the third preseason game, we didn't see any starters. And even then, the third preseason game, it was like, here's the starting offensive line, yeah. except for except for Dwayne Brown. And is Kyle Fuller actually our starting center? I don't know. <sighs> I, I don't. Well, know. It, it looks I, like I, it, but oh, I don't understand why guy why people shit on Ethan Posick so much. Like, Thank I, you. I thought he was playing really well last year up until he got that concussion. Um, so, I mean, there is, we talked about with Chris Carson earlier uh, this, this show that, you know, there, there is a thing to be said about being able to stay healthy and stay on the field. And I know Posick has struggled with that a little bit, um, mm. but I thought he looked really good at center last year. And I think he should still be the starting center over Kyle Fuller. Um, I was happy about the Gabe Jackson trade. I do question like, why did they feel the need to move? So Gabe Jackson played left. He's played both left guard and right guard. He played left guard last year for the Raiders and has primarily or has played more left guard than he has right guard. Yeah. Damian Lewis has never played left guard. So I don't understand why they feel it necessary to flip flop those two guys and put Gabe mm-hmm. on the right side and, and, uh, um, Damian Lewis on, on the left side. I, and the only thing I can think of is just because Damian Lewis is still so young and why yeah. not de- develop yeah. him there there now just so that you have that, you know, that stalwart left guard. And then, I don't know, maybe a guy like Jamarco Jones or Stone Forsyth can develop into that stalwart left tackle. And, and uh, you know, this is this is a uh, a, a hot take and and definitely uh, I don't expect it to happen, but maybe we get that Walter Jones and Steve Hutchinson of the of the future. Um, but uh, that would be those are those are big big shoes to fill, of course. Jumping into the hot take straight away, I love it. Oh lord! Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if anyone could literally fill those shoes, it's got to be Stone Forsyth, though. Yeah, surely. <laughs> right? yeah. Please, Just nobody the... keep that seat, though. Just because of the name, just because of the name, yeah. he's got to be great. Just, it's like, uh, what is he? Is it? Is it Niall? Niall is first name. That warrior who they picked up from the Ravens. Nigel. Yeah. 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 Nigel. Yeah. He's he's got to be amazing. Hasn't he? Just uh, who's called Warrior and shit? What they do? Cracking name. <laughs> Nigel Warrior and Michael Jackson through the door on the same day. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> that, that's your stroke of genius at the cornerback position. Never mind the play on the field. That's that's the. Uh, uh, my, Minecraft of Pete Carroll, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just bring them the names, they'll just get confused otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so, yeah, I mean, um, oh, go on, James. Go on. No, I was just going to say, sort of like overall, then, I mean, it's a reason for sort of from what you've seen in the, like in terms, like, say, in, in, in the moves that we've made in the off season and, you know, what from what you have seen in the preseason. And like I said, we're going to come on to it in a little bit when we go through the game by games. But um, I mean, confidence levels at the minute, where where are you? are you? Are you going into week one with the Colts sort of expecting us to have a, an, another good season? Or are you sort of like, say, and with some of the positions that we've talked about, is there a little bit, are you a little bit still leaning on the sort of bit more cautious in, in terms of your optimism going into the season? It's so funny you ask that because leading up to the preseason, this was probably the most optimistic that I felt and most confident I felt going into a Seahawks 
um, season. I, yeah. th- I thought they had a good off season. I thought they, you know, made some good moves. Um, you know, I think I think bringing in a guy like Shane Waldron is really going to help that offense. Mm. Uh, and I, I was I was excited. I was super pumped. And then actually, the the preseason uh, diminished my my optimism <laughs> a, a little bit. But I mean. I guess maybe I'm just tempering my my expectations. Um, I, I, you know, it, you don't want to get yourself too excited because it's then you get yourself uh, just let down really, really quick. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think the Seahawks. I mean, anytime you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, I, I think you're going going to have a successful year. I think there's you know no reason why they shouldn't have a successful year. Um, I think the offense is going to be great. Like you said, you know, everyone likes to always say like. Oh, the Seahawks suck, and their offensive line is terrible, and Russ is going to be running for his life again. And mm. I disagree. I think the uh, moves they made is going to really shore up that offensive line. I think uh, they're going to protect Russell Wilson, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and D. Eskridge. I think, and 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 I mean, add in Gerald Everett and Will Disley as well. He's got mm. a ton of pass catchers at his luxury. I mean, they've got a ton of running backs at his luxury as well. So they can just cycle guys in, keep guys fresh. Uh, and it, I mean, even if Russ does have to run, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, Russ looks lean this year. Like he's, yeah. uh, he's really leaned out. He's, I think he's going to be a little bit faster uh, going into this season. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to be faster when you're, start getting into your thirties there. You definitely things uh, just don't move as well. Um, but I'm also not an elite athlete. So I'll just speaking from personal experience. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously the biggest question mark for Seattle going into the year is going to be that cornerback position, right? Yeah. It's, is what can they, they do at cornerback? Can they, you know, withstand and, and hold up and, and, you know, week two, we play the Titans who have AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Like what is that going to look like? Yeah. Um, again, everyone wants to crap on the cornerback position and say how bad it looks and how bad it looked in the preseason. But again, we didn't see our starters unless mm-hmm. Trey Flowers ends up being a starter. But the biggest thing is we didn't see Quandre Diggs or Jamal Adams in the no. preseason either. Right. So that makes a big difference having those guys on the back end there also. So, yeah, I guess to, to sum it up, um, I, I'm still confident they're going to have a successful season. I'm still confident that they're one of the top teams in the NFC. Um, what I say, like I said, what I say, my confidence has uh, dwindled a little bit because of the, the preseason. Absolutely. But I also am smart enough to know that they were playing their backups and uh, we're likely using a very, uh, you know, dumbed down. I know you guys have talked about this dumbed down, uh, you know, vanilla offensive playbook to not hmm. show their hand too much yeah it was it was interesting i think um pez sort of brought that up in, in in the last podcast that it was in terms of because i mean the first two preseason games it was like you know three points and and, and seven points and it was like this can't be our offense even though like I say we, you know it's the backups and everything but you know with shane waldron coming in and promised this new you know flashy offense and it it just looked like that something wasn't right like something wasn't working and like and and Pez brought it up that the fact that maybe we aren't sort of using Shane Waldron's full playbook yet maybe we're just using the basic stuff up when he's saving his you know his special kind of plays and, and his and his actual sort of deep playbook for for the regular season and I thought that was a good point that you know why would you sort of come in and use all your, your you know your clever players and your new ideas 
straight into the preseason and then put it all on tape straight away. Um, so, like I said, it, it it was strange um, for me personally, but I think for me, I, like I say, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I, I, I don't think I'm going to go as far as saying, oh, do you know what? Do you know Because I do get what you mean. I, this is a very good Seahawks team in terms of you being as optimistic as, as you can sort of like remember type thing. And it is a very good Seahawks team. We've talked about this in, in previous podcasts. Like the Russell Wilson's got the most talented group of receivers and, and offensive weapons that he's ever had at one time in Seattle. You know, the defensive line, if it can carry on from last season, it was, you know, leading the NFL in sacks and you brought back most of those guys and you've added a few through the draft and free agency process. And it's like, say, it's just that cornerback position that is just sort of dampening my my hopes a little bit at this point. But like say, come the first few weeks of the season, we could be looking at that and thinking you know the the additions that we've made and, and and maybe guys like trey flowers like we've said kind of takes that next next step and sort of gets back to how he was playing before that we've seen in flashes and and it could be a really really good season um so i i, I am i am optimistic going into the season um and, and we'll go through the game by games um starting with the colts this this sunday i don't know what time you're having to Having to set your alarm for this one, Chris. Um, it's a, I think it's a six o'clock job for us, six p.m. I don't know what time it is for you. Uh that is a ten a.m. game for me next week. Uh, ten a.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I'm guessing you know, you've learned how to make a killer cup of tea or a cup of coffee in all the years supporting the man. supporting the Seahawks to get up for games at ten o'clock in the morning. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it on on Twitter, but like, the, there's a lot of people that that do say it, and I'm definitely one of those people that that agrees. Being on the West Coast, so I'm in uh, British Columbia, so like I'm right above mm. Washington State. Mm. Um, so being on the West Coast is the absolute best for football season because I get yeah. to watch games at 10 a.m., one o'clock, and then I get the primetime game at what is it, 5:30. So like I can literally spend all day on Sundays, and I do. And my wife <laughs> hates me for it. I can spend all day Sunday watching football. Get a, get a six-month contract that she doesn't divorce you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> on. I, I, I haven't shared the meme with her yet this year, but usually I send her a meme every September that says, we interrupt this marriage for football season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be rude not to, though. I mean, like, what's yeah. that, three games a day for you on, in, oh, on the Sundays like, at least? So when the <clears throat> sea, whenever the Seahawks are playing, that's the game that I focus on. <clears throat> Whenever the Seahawks aren't playing, so if you know, usually the Seahawks play kickoff at, at one o'clock or one thirty, of course. So usually the the, the ten a.m. time slot, I'm flipping through like whatever channel has football games on, and like I've got so many cable channels that usually I can get like three to four different games on at a time. Oh. So I'm just flipping through to whichever one has live action, or if like if I've got a fantasy player involved, I'll like flip. I'll watch like oh okay like uh, like. You know, I've jo- I've Josh Jacobs. Uh, so okay, the Raiders Raiders are on offense. I'll I'll watch the the Raiders game right now. Or oh, the the Bears on our, are on offense. I have Allen Robinson. Let's pay attention to this right now. And yeah, it's uh, I I watch as much football as possible uh, from you know starting Thursday until uh, you know the first Sunday of February. I mean. 
who needs the American dream? I, you are living the Canadian dream with that. I mean, <laughs> forget your half one in the morning kickoffs and, and stuff like that for us. It's just that that uh, you've convinced me to start going on right move and looking for properties in Canada, to be fair. Well, British Columbia, because that is absolutely the dream for any football. Like, I'm very jealous now. Um, <laughs> but before, um, before we jump on. into the... Uh, predictions we'll do anyone got any hot takes chris chuck one out before i've got i've got two two i think i reckon i've got two anyone got any anyone want to go first i I, i'm a little bit gun shy i don't know if you guys saw i uh i i think i retweeted myself earlier this week that uh um the seahawks were going to regret signing akello witherspoon to a one-year contract (laughs) because he was going to ball out this season so i'm i'm a little bit gun shy right now just uh that one blew up in my face um but hey i'm not entirely wrong yet he i guess could still have a good season for the steelers but yikes (laughs) i thought that was going to pan out a lot better than it did no, definitely, it definitely didn't, did it? It did not, no. He got outplayed well, by Trey Flowers, what does that say? Yeah, no, that's, that's, he's got to be terrible <laughs> for that, like, Jesus Christ. But uh, listening to this podcast, me and James, are uh, we happily put ourselves on the chopping block every single week, so uh, yeah. you don't need to be gun-shy in this podcast. <laughs> Russ, all right, all right, I, I, I'm going to put it out there. Russell Wilson finally gets it done and wins that MVP award. Ooh. Ooh. See, with, right. see, that shouldn't be a hot take. That's the frustrating thing. That shouldn't yeah. be a hot take, should it? Yeah. It, it just is. But no, I, like, I completely agree. You were just talking about it. He's got probably the the best offensive line that he's had in his career because he's always had a bit of a ragtag bunch of of guys on the offensive line, right? So I would say, are you the, the most talented offensive line? He's got great running backs in Chris Carson, Alex Collins, DJ Dallas, Rashad Penny. Like he's got a, a, a just stable of running backs there. If mm-hmm. one guy goes down, it's next man up. Yeah. Uh, easily the best wide receivers he's had in his career. Um, he's had, I mean, he's had good guys here and there. You know, like Golden Tate was good, and Doug Baldwin was good, and Jermaine yeah. Curse. You know, had a couple of good seasons, or you know came up huge when needed or, or what have you. Um, but I mean, he, to have the the trio that he has now and without even including the tight ends, he's never had, you know, a, a, a trio like this before. So I, and then, you know, you factor in the, the Shane Waldron off coming in as the offensive coordinator. I think he's really going to introduce a, uh, you know, what was missing the most out of the Seahawks offense of last year. And that's a, a, a short, quick passing game, which, mm. I mean, they have the, the receivers to really excel at that type of passing game, too. I mean, D. Eskridge, Tyler Lockett, and D.K. Metcalf are all, like, lightning quick. So why not get them the ball in space and let them, you know, make a play? So, yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's that that's going to be my hot take is Russ, uh, you know, after winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year, uh, goes and, and wins the MVP this year. I'll, uh, I'll jump in with one of my hot takes to back you up then. Um, I reckon that the offensive line are going to be, is going to be, to say top 10, is that a hot take for the Seahawks? It is for the Seahawks, yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to go, I, I go proper, I was going to go proper ballsy and go top five, but I bottled out a little bit. Just top five it. then. Do because it. Because 
the backing on that is they were ranked fourth in PFF through the preseason. And if I'm right in saying, they didn't even have any starters. Yeah. They didn't have any starters playing and they were ranked fourth in PFF. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if that's if that's the standard they're being coached to, what the starter is going to be able to do, boom, top five, Russ wins MVP, we win the Super Bowl, and then Pete <coughs> Carroll. I'll have to have a talk with Pete Carroll, won't I, about my comments? <laughs> <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete rides off into the sun, into the sunset on a high note, and Pez can can celebrate that the Seahawks won the Super Bowl and, and rid himself of, of uh, Pete Carroll. <laughs> that is that is Pez's dream for this season. That that is absolutely Pez's dream. Um, I'll, I'll I'll throw one of mine out there. Um, like I say it again, offensive wise. Um, I have a sneaky feeling that. Gerald Everett will lead the tight ends in receiving yards this season. I know that's possibly a little bit of a left field as, one. What well, woman? It as in the whole NFL? Yeah. Oh wow, wow. that's ballsy. <laughs> yeah, it's a hot wow. take, so I can't, it, it's got to be ballsy, isn't it? Right. You right. could have gone top three. You could have no. like. <laughs> I, I think we just got. I think James just went nuclear with that hot take. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Jesus Why not? Christ, man. <laughs> Shane Waldron, right? Mastermind of the offense he is, right? You got Russell Wilson more fired up than ever to play well. It, it, there's been so much spotlight on Gerald Everett coming and saying, you know, the tight ends are going to be a massive factor of, of Shane Waldron's offense. This is what he lives and dies by. The tight ends get involved more than any other team. Gerald Everett. You don't just have to line him up as a tight end. He's a he's a hybrid wide receiver. He can play, you know, in the middle of the field. He can play down down the sidelines. The only thing that for me that'll stop Gerald Everett leading the tight ends as, as by trade as a tight end in in receiving yards this season is either too many guys like say on the offense and and the ball being taken away from him because they want to get the ball to Lockett and, and Metcalf and Eskridge and all that, or obviously injuries. But if if Gerald Everett starts every game and is fit and healthy and plays a bigger part in the offense as he's been, you know, as we've been sold that he is. I, I don't see why not. I'm going to back you up here, James. Oh, good lad. You weren't a minute ago, so that's changed. I was, laugh- I was <laughs> laughing at you a minute ago. Not that I wasn't backing you. I just wanted to <laughs> laugh at you for a second. So the one thing for me is what? I've always found baffling is when people turn around and say that Russ doesn't like targeting Titans because mm. when Disley, before Disley took, got his first serious injury, he was like the leading target in the offense. He was Russ's mm. number one guy. And last time I checked, he was a tight end. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to when Russ first came into the league, he was, he was targeting them tight ends, like no one's business. Like, uh, was it Miller? In yeah, the exactly. Super Bowl areas, and all these players, no one ever had a clue about, but they turned into these overnight greats because solely because Russ targeted them. Mm-hmm. But then everyone turns around and goes, "Well, Russ doesn't really like targeting tight ends. Of course, he fucking likes targeting tight ends. He likes a big body. He can just mm-hmm. laser a ball to because it's like, well, he's big. Oosh, have it hundred miles per hour, and yeah. that's why." My, my my hotter take, my hotter take. How can you get hotter than that? Yeah, saying that, I can't get hotter than that. I'll I'll chuck a a side tight end taking. I think Cole 
with Parkinson is going to be only because of like the depth chart and where like he's technically the third tight end. I think by the end of the season, Colby Parkinson will be in the top eight tight ends to finish. Because once Russ starts targeting him, realizes he doesn't drop passes and he's an absolute like six foot seven monster who no one can get anywhere near. Mm. He's just going to go for him all day of the week, isn't he? And then I you're going to have. I hope so. In the red zone, DK's especially. DK is going to be steaming on the other side of the pitch. <laughs> okay, yeah, but it. I mean, <laughs> Russ had Jimmy Graham too, and he never seemed yeah. to be able to figure out how to how to get those you know those high balls to Jimmy Graham. But my my pushback to that would be the way they used Jimmy Graham at the time was ridiculous. When they started using him the way Jimmy Graham should have been used, he went off that season. And that was his last season before he left. So mm. it wasn't the fact that Russ didn't know how to target him. It's the fact that the scheme, the way the scheme was set up, they just brought Jimmy Graham in, broke the back for him to play him as a blocker, essentially. What well, was backwards. And then the last season when he was just like, oh, well, fuck this, I'm out of here. I'm going to go and find someone else. They were like, oh, no, 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 wait, wait. We'll, we'll play you as this offensive weapon. And he starts going off on one. Like, it, and Jimmy Graham's a tosser anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a hot take. Uh, do, do you guys have any uh, hot takes on defense? Yes. Straight. I do. Of course you do. I do. I put it down on my pad when we first started because it is a very hot take with the way the team is at the moment. Uh, the cornerback position is actually going to rank. In, as a top 10 unit by the end of the year. <laughs> this this mis, mismatch of names we don't have a clue about, they're going to shine. <laughs> and they're going to be a top 10 cornerback unit. Oh, I love it. We should do this every week. This is, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, like like we already discussed, Pete's a defensive coach. I mean, he can coach him up and teach teach them his system. So why not, right? I mean, exactly. especially, especially when they are these smaller type of defensive backs, they really need to be physical and in guys' faces, which is Pete's style anyways. So, um, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't see why not. I, I agree it's a hot take, um, but I could see it happening. I feel, I feel like you're trying to cool my hot take here, Chris. No, 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 it's still a hot take because I mean, we haven't seen, we haven't seen these guys play together, especially as a group. Right. So it's definitely still a hot take, but no, it's, you know, to put a, I guess a little bit of logic behind it. um, And, and knowing who we have as our head coach, I I don't see why. Cause I mean, if if we go even way back, like wasn't Pete, uh, you know, a DB coach for the jets way back when, or, or something like that. Like it, it, so yeah, Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. So if I, it's, yeah, I don't see why not. It's still a hot take though. Don't worry. I won't take that away from you. You got one, Chris? Um, I mean, obviously Bobby Wagner is going to leave the team in tackles. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Ooh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) Um, let's go with, Oh, I've got a couple. I'm going to start with Daryl. Daryl Taylor leads the team in sacks this year. Wow. Okay. 
And this is probably the harder one. I'm going. I'm going James level nuclear on this one. Uh, Jamal Adams leads the team in interceptions. Oh, that is Mr. Butterfingers himself leading leading the team. <laughs> he was playing with a he was playing with a broken finger all last year. Oh no, James is ruthless when it comes to Jamal Adams. <laughs> paid mean... too much. Paid too much for him. I'm not giving him any credit. No, I, I like the kids. I think you've brought back a lot of what we've missed in terms of the lob and that you know that swagger, that cockiness, that identity. I like him in that sense. He's a he's a fantastic you know sack merchant on the line of scrimmage but for me it, i just I, I don't see the production in terms of in terms of turnovers and interceptions like just broken fingers or not some of the ones so, he dropped last year he could have caught with one hand let's be fair so i guess just to put some reasoning behind my thought here is i mean you you said he brings back some of that lob swagger some of that you know cockiness hmm. and and that attitude, right? So last year, everyone said he's a one-trick pony. All this guy does is is uh, blitz the quarterback and get sacks. Uh, mm. He sucks in coverage, and and he's terrible in coverage. I think he's going to come out this year, and he's going to want to prove a point. Um, I think now that he's been in Seattle for a full season, and you know, hopefully he does stay healthy this year. Um, you know. He's got one more year under his belt with this defensive system. Seattle knows how to use him better. He understands the system better. I mean, it's easy to just stick a guy in that you know can blitz the quarterback and say, we don't know a lot about you. Go Just go do your thing. Go blitz the quarterback. Well, this year, maybe they do keep him back in coverage a little bit more. And and he does prove to everyone like no like I can cover just as well I can uh, just as well as I can do everything else in this game and there's a reason why I'm the highest paid safety in the league um, so I, I think he's 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 going in with a little bit of a you know prove it attitude this year as well I'd I'd, I'd, back, I'd back you with that Chris because I always say that NFL NFL followers are like they're like goldfish they like <laughs> It's like they f- they just forget things really quickly. It's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is here. Oh, he's shiny. Tom Brady, who? How many lead? How many? How yeah. many Super Bowls is Tom Brady? Who's Tom Brady? Anyone know? Who to- no, but look at Patrick Mahomes. He's he's amazing. Oh, you, you mean the baby goat? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like. Oh my God! Did you see that sidearm he did? Well, you know, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. They've all been doing it. You know, but mm. just oh, he he's got a weird, funny perm, and he talks really funny, and like oh, he <laughs> he dances around with his little jiggle, like oh, wicked, like oh, piss off and give it a break, man. But anyway, to my point, Jamal Adams, his coverage rating when he was with the Jets was one of the best in the league, hence why people like he was so highly touted as the best, one of the best safeties in the league because of his coverage skills. He was an all-pro safety in New York. Exactly. So, James. Yeah, but with how many interceptions? James, right. You're not making all-pro just because you can blitz the quarterback, right? Like, no. You're, you're making it. Sure, maybe he didn't get I think he's got like a career, like maybe three career interceptions. <laughs> but, uh, but, hey, like I said, I, I, went, uh, I went James level hot on that one. Yeah, you did. And I'll give you brownie points for that. Um, <laughs> You'll be I've, eating your words, James, halfway through the I season. You'll be eating your Jamal words, and I've, I I've put it on I my pad, it. and it's going to be there every Good. single week. Every Underline single it. week. Good lad. Um, uh, go on. Have you got? Have you got one for? Well, I've got two. 
and you can decide which one's the more nuclear one, I suppose. That's become the new catchphrase, by the way, as well. Um, the first one is, I don't know whether he'll, it'll be Pro Bowl or All Pro, but Puna Ford will get one of those two honours this season. Um, the second yeah, all, for for one, a nuclear take, it's got to be All Pro. All right, well, we'll go I on. think I think he's pretty much destined as long as he stays within how he plays. He's mm. he's pro ball easily this year. Yeah, there's only so be. much they can put him down for. Undrafted, producing the level he's producing to not turn around and go, he deserves it. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and the second one for me is, and yeah, he's not on the. 53-man roster at the minute. We talked about him in the previous episode. But for me, John Rattigan will, by the end of the season, be a bona fide long-term starter for the Seahawks at linebacker. Ooh, that wow. one. That one. Oof. You going with that one? That one's hot, like, hot mate. I, like, I was going to say, like, John Rattigan, what, leads the team in special teams tackles, but no. uh, long-term no. bona fide starter. Oh, special teams year. will just be Nick Bellore or bloody well Cody Barton probably one of them too. Um, <laughs> no, I don't see why. I mean, it's, that like we said, we, that third linebacker. I can see you smiling, but I can see you smiling. That third, <laughs> that third, <laughs> that third linebacker position, in, in my opinion, and on the depth chart is wide open. I know you've got Cody Barton there. You've got. Obviously, Bobby Wagner is the number one locked in. We all know that. And then you've got guys like Daryl Taylor, and you can even possibly pull Benson Mayowa back to linebacker as well, and, and, and all that kind of guy. And I get that. But with Ben Bakurvin's injury, with John Rattigan there on the on on the practice squad, I think they'll make him one of those four sort of guys who teams can't like poach off the practice squad every week. I think he'll be designated as one of them. I think he'll get moved up. He'll find a starting role by the halfway point, and I think he'll run with it. To be fair, all right. Put it, I, I put it like this: then he's a Cody Barton injury away from that being possible. And even even then, I don't know if he's this, like if Cody Barton got hurt. I don't know if a guy like John Radigan would be the first option. I think they would look at street free agents before they would look at Radigan personally. Mm. Um, but again, Radigan, I mean, I think you only have, I think you only played in the last preseason game. So um, we, we there's not a lot of game footage on him. And maybe that's why they did sign him to the practice squad for right now to get more, uh, you know, more practice time out of him to see what they really have in the guy. But I've, I've been uh, uh, I, I stopped for a few days here, but I've been I've been harassing Pete Carroll to sign Will Compton. Um, so maybe, maybe suddenly, like, I think they would look if Cody Barton got hurt, I think they would look at, look at a guy like that. Who's a street free agent more than they would look at, uh, at someone Mm -hmm. that they have in their practice squad right now. But Hey, it's like you said, it's, uh, it's your hot takes. So it's hot takes. That's what we're here for. If, if no one else has got one, I'll finish off with one. It's not even a hot take because it's going to happen. Right. Fair enough. I don't know if you know, Chris, but on this podcast, we're massive Jordan Brooks lovers. Yeah. Like, as soon as we drafted him and everyone was like, who's this guy? I've been saying to my brother, just check his tape out. YouTube, just go and look at him. Go and watch him. Go and see what he can do. If they use him correctly, he is going to be a top. He's going to be one of the top linebackers for years. Like, the stuff he's capable, the athleticism he's got is unbelievable. 
And uh, he never did it. And then towards the end of the season, he was like, oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he was pretty good, wasn't he? I was like, well, I've been fucking in your ear for ages. So it's not even a hot take. He's going to be a pro bowler by the end of the year. But my hot take is because I was just looking at the linebacker list. And I'm looking at them linebackers and I think, if he's allowed to be free this year like he was towards the back end of the year and as a full season of production like that back end, mm. I think... I think he'll easily be in that top 10 linebacker. Mm. And I go looking mm-hmm. at the list, I reckon he could go six or seventh easily in his first year. I would say that's a hot take just simply because the line linebacker is such a like obtuse position. Like it's such a, a, a wide range of player. Like Khalil Mack is a linebacker. You know what I mean? He's mm. an on, he's an on ball linebacker and his primary position is to rush the quarterback, but he's still a linebacker. And when it comes to pro bowl voting and statistics and things like that they they still classify him as a linebacker so yeah no I, i'd say that still qualifies as a hot take because brooks is more of an off-ball linebacker right yeah I, i'm saying it's not a hot take because i love my son jordan brooks so because you just fully just, expect it to happen it, it's gonna happen it's not even expectation <laughs> it's going to happen <laughs> just I, mean, I, I will uh, in, in in defense of that, I will say, and, and especially over the next few years, I think some, not all, but some of the top linebackers in the NFL are getting onto the wrong side of 30 now. I mean, when you think of guys like Bobby Wagner, Khalil Mack, um, a few guys like, like it, it seems like a bit of an aging position, apart from a few guys, possibly. The thing, the thing is with it is, I was looking at that list, and the list is primarily made up of, uh, rightly so, is middle linebacker, because they're mm. meant... They're the signal caller and the defense, aren't they? Essentially, they're the guys. So it might be it might be a hot take in the sense of breaking, say, the top eight mm. because he's not a middle linebacker. But I just I just believe watching him last year show a sample size of what he was doing the whole way through his college career is like if they that he's shown enough, let him be free this year. And he'll go and show everyone what he's fully capable of. I can get behind that, mate. That, that, that's 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 the most realistic one, I will say, possibly. <laughs> and that, that's that's yeah, a because, stretch. But... Because we got blind faith. We just got blind faith. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the game by games then. Um week one, Colts, Lucas Oil Stadium this Sunday. I, I, have you got your pen and paper ready, Pez? Yeah, for I'm all, up, good. Right, good all good to go. Chris, is that a W or is that an L? I, I wish I, we did this a couple. We did this like back two months ago, and I wish I had kept my uh, my predictions then because we did our, our way too early predictions. Mm. I know I, I remember what this one was. I said it was going to be a win. I still think it's going to be a win. Um, mm. I mean, the the Colts are dealing with injuries, and uh, yeah. their their defense scares me a little bit. Their offense doesn't. Mm. Yeah, I completely get behind that. Like, say, there's there's been the whole Carson Wentz injury sort of drama a little bit. Will he be fit? Will he not be fit? Um, like, say, I think I, I, I quite like Michael Pittman, the receiver the Colts have got there. But in terms of the other sort of weapons, I don't think I, he's, he's got Carson Wentz throwing to him. He's got Carson Wentz throwing, that, which that. is fair enough. And I guess we can move on from there, really. But it, it's. <laughs> It's it's a win for me. I think it'll be a tough game. Like I say I, I, I do rate their defense. Um, I think it is a top five defense in my opinion. So it, it it is going to be a tough game in that sense to to score points on them. But um, 
no, I, I mean, I'd be really disappointed if we if we gave up more than oof, two or three scores to this Colts offense. I would be really disappointed if I'm being brutally honest. Um, so I'll, I'll mark that down as a W for me. I don't know what I don't know what you think, Pez. Probably a W as well, mate. Um, I did think W straight away because I just think we're going to win them all, like like yeah, proper, which we are being biased. But I don't know. Something just gives me a feeling that it might be a because in the last podcast I said that our offense I have a feeling our offense could start slow, mm. it, it, like it for the first couple of games until everything merges, and it's like Chris said, I'd, the the D they've got is concerning. So if the offense starts slow, that defense can just start like mm. taking control of them, mm. but. On the flip side, no one really knows what this offense is capable of mm-hmm. because no one's seen it because in preseason he's not really shown anything. Um, I'll go for a win. I'll go for Good a lad. I'll Good go lad. For a Thought you were turning the back, turning your back on us there. I was so second. close to saying a loss. I, I know you were as well. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> Week two, Titans, Lumen Field. I've got that right this time. I keep calling it CenturyLink Field because it's a far better name. Week two, Tennessee Titans at home. Chris, is that a W or is that an L? Uh, I'm pretty sure I said this was going to be a win last time I did this. Now, mm. knowing what I know now, um, I think our defensive backs are going to struggle too much uh, against that offense. And uh, I'm going to have to say it's a loss. I, I'm i going to have to agree, unfortunately. I'm desperately, 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 and, I'm, and I, of course, I want to see us to win every, every game, but first game back, regular season back at Lumen Field with the 12s back in us, I desperately, desperately want us to win that game. It'll be fantastic of an occasion if we do. But like I say, you know, I mean, Derek Henry alone is enough to win the Titans most games, let's be honest. Um, I, I, yeah. I think if Tannehill can continue his form from that he's shown in, in Tennessee and he continues to, to improve and, and be a, a solid, dependable quarterback, I, I'd say I'm, I, there's so many question marks on this on this defence at the little bit in, uh, in, in the secondary at, at the minute. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to change my mind. I think the Titans will be a little bit too strong. I think it'll be a really, really close game. But I think being non-biased being objective i think that is a reasonable game to to put down as a loss for the seahawks what do you think pez uh i i reckon we're gonna beat him oh good lad there you are i think we're gonna beat him because even though our backs are questionable the titans defense as a whole <clears throat> is shocking and i just think i just think that i'm going like you said i think it is going to be a tight close game um, but I'm going to go with my hot take that the cornerbacks are going to surprise everyone. Yeah. So we're going to get the upper hand because our offense is going to be better than theirs. Because I don't believe in this Julio Jones like experiment they're trying to do. Like last yeah. year, he was non-existent. Like I don't remember it really being injury, and I know this because I had him on my fantasy, and he fucked me over so many times. <laughs> so nope, nope, nope. 
the, the, biggest, right? the biggest thing with the Titans and, and <clears throat> how the Seahawks are going to beat them, and as silly as this sounds, as much as you know, we've been questioning our team's cornerbacks, is to make them throw. Make Tannehill throw the ball. Worry about mm-hmm. Derrick Henry and stop Ryan Tannehill. Right? Yeah. Like, make make the game go through through the quarterback and just worry about stopping Derrick Henry. That's going to be the key. Uh, if the Seahawks are going to win that game, that, that's how they're going to do it. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it's going to be a really close game, but yeah, I think there'll be too many factors on offense for the Titans that'll just overpower our, our sort of, like say, our new new look defense in a way in terms of the secondary and the cornerback position. Um, so week three, Vikings at the US Bank Stadium. Um, Chris, this is this is this is again this is this is a close one, but is that a W or is that an L? Yeah, this is another questionable one, right? Because they, I mean, mm. they've they've got a good offense. They've got Thielen, they've got Jefferson, they've got Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I feel like the way to stop the Vikings is probably to focus on Dalvin Cook and then you know force the the game through Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know what the Vikings have for defense. Again, I think it's a, like Pez said about the Titans. I think it's fairly questionable as well. Um, mm. So this one, I'm going to give the Seahawks the W simply because we have the upper hand at quarterback. Yep, that's fair enough. And I think I will have to agree with you. Um, like I said, Vikings, I think the offense is is it, it is good. Like I said, the, the question mark is obviously Kirk Cousins. He's, he's probably one of the sort of poster boys for inconsistency at the quarterback position in the NFL. Um, but like I said, between Thielen and, and Dalvin Cook, and it, it, is, it is a decent offense. I'm not totally sure... With the defense, like you say, they're a bit of an unknown quantity at the minute. Um, but I think if if it's one of those games that you look at on the schedule where you think if the Seahawks are serious about being a, a really successful team this season and we're serious about you know winning close games and 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 going further in the postseason and just having a general overall you know silverware Super Bowl type season, then I think you've got to look at a Vikings game. And, and mark that down as a dub as, as, as a W. Um, so I think I think for that reason alone, and for the optimism that I believe that team will be in that Super Bowl mindset, I think I think they'll go into the Vikings game, and I think they'll I think they'll come out of US Bank Stadium with a win. Um, what do you think, Pez? Yeah, it's going to be a win. It's going to be a win. Simple yeah, as that. Simple. Fair enough. 49ers Levi's Stadium, Week Four. Um, Bit of a bit of a mixed hunting ground in in terms of the Seahawks over the years. Um, what do you think, Chris? I, I think that's I think that's going to be a really really tough game. I, I think so too. I mean, everyone's talking about uh, you know the, the Rams are the favorite in the NFC West. I think arguably the 49ers are the best team in the NFC West. Mm. Um, as much as I love the Seahawks, <laughs> just uh, their their defense is is scary good, scary yeah. scary good. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got uh, I mean Bosa's coming back from injury this year. They've got D Ford there. They've got Armstead there. Um, Fred Warner at linebacker. Uh, they're they're a, a really really deep strong team, and they struggled last year because of injuries. Yeah. Um, I think I, I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback in the <laughs> NFC West, though. Um, I, I don't understand why everyone was like you know jumping for joy when the Niners trade traded for this guy. I don't. Yeah. I, he's. I'm pretty sure he closes his eyes when he throws the ball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm uh, gonna give Seattle the W on this one. Just to jump in there quickly, Go do on. you even do you think Garoppolo 
was going to be the quarterback by the time it gets to us. Well, that's that's the thing. That's what I was literally going to say. Like, I'm looking at this, and if if Gropelow's the quarterback, I'm saying win. If Trey Lance is the quarterback, I really don't know. But always just remember what I told you last week, James. Go on. Uh, Trey Lance is just a new Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> the, I mean, oh. look, look, look at how the the Niners start the season, though, right? They start mm. against at Detroit, at Philadelphia, at home versus Green Bay, and then Week Four versus Seattle. So they should mm. beat up all over Detroit. They should beat Philadelphia, Green Bay. Um, probably lose that game and Garoppolo, that's probably when Garoppolo really starts to struggle. So mm. I think week, week four, Garoppolo is still the starter. So, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll presume that Garoppolo is going to be the starter. That, that's what we're mainly hearing from the 49ers as well, from whatever I've seen. I, I, it seems like he will be the starter, like say, for the, for the first you know half of the season at, at the very least. So, Taking that into consideration, I know, like I say, the 49ers are a very talented team, like I say, arguably the best team in the NFC West. You know, they were, you know, last season they were a Super Bowl removed, again, probably because of the injuries and, and stuff like that. I think they arguably have the most talented back-to-front back to roster on the NFL. I, I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say. So, if if they can stay injury-free this season, the 49ers, I can see them, you know, like I say, being in, being in the last game of the season um, in the Super Bowl. So, it is going to be tough, but yeah, no, I'll say a win. I'll say a win over Jimmy Garoppolo's 49ers. What do you think, Pez? Uh, yeah, if it's if it, if it's Garoppolo, do you know what? Even if it's Trey Lance, I <laughs> I, I like our uh, D line, mm. and yeah, he can run, and yeah, he can do all this, but that's where. But look at look at uh, Kyler Moore. Yeah, he can run, but that's where these are the types of games where Jordan Brooks will come into his element. Mm. Because he loves chasing a quarterback who likes to run out of the pocket. He just loves it. He's done it ever since college. He loves hounding them. He did it to mm. Kyler Murray a couple of times. And they say Kyler Murray is like one of the quickest in the league. Mm. Like, so Trey Lance, we've not seen enough of him, even in preseason. Not seen, wow, well, we could chuck a ATR touchdown pass. Wow, well, we could, like, so. No, it's mm. not enough. It's not mm. enough. Mm. Um, and I, and just off history, Seattle just own them in their own place. <laughs> they just own them. They do. Like I got it up before, and uh, <laughs> let me see if I could just get it up again quickly. Head to head, it's San Francisco won this year. Mm. Then uh, overtime, the two times before that, we yeah. shared that. To be fair, mm. so they won one by a field goal. We won one by a field goal. And then, literally, the last time they beat us in regular time was 2013 when they won 1917. Mm, maybe a bit more oh. of a happy hunting ground than I thought then. Mm. History alone, I'm going for a win. Ah, fair enough. I can get behind that. So, all going for wins at the 49ers then. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Week five, another very interesting one, another division matchup against the LA Rams back at Lumen Field. Obviously, we're all well aware of what happened last season, but like I say, the I'll, I'll let you go first as well, Chris. But this is again just such a 
a weird one. Like we should beat the Rams, but it's just the they're just such a bogey team for us. I don't know what you think on this one, Chris. Yeah, th- those Rams games are always a dogfight. McVeigh always yeah. seems seems to pull a you know a rabbit out of his hat anytime he plays the Seahawks. He always got some some sort of trick up his sleeve and and some sort of you know different uh, different look or different scheme or something or or maybe he just has Pete figured out. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> th- th- those Rams games are always uh, a fight. I mean, even if you go back like Christ, those Rams games, even when they were down in St. Louis, it, we've mm. the Rams games have always been um, it, not my favorite games to watch no, no. because it, the, the Rams, it's it just, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to give the edge to the hometown prime time games in Seattle. Uh, I'm going to give the slight edge uh, and say the Seahawks win this one. Yeah. Um, By the slimmest of margins. So, like, I, I know, again, when I I said I did this a few months ago, and I'm pretty sure I said the Seahawks were going to lose this one. <laughs> Some, My mind has changed a little bit. Uh, yeah. And with this being prime time, I think that gives Seattle the slight edge. Um, and I think they're going to go into this game a little pissed off as well with with how the yeah. wild card game finished. And I think they're it, it's going to be kind of one of those statement games where, like, yeah, like, we lost you guys last year in the wild card, but we're not the same team. Yeah, I completely agree. It's the Rams, like I say, that no matter who's playing in terms of the quarterback or who the receivers are, it's just the Rams as a as a team. Every season, it's it's always. I know they blew us out at home a few seasons back, but they're always, always, always close games. It seemingly is. We we never blow them out. I can't remember the last time we absolutely battered the Rams. Um, so, like I say. I, I gave us the loss to the Titans in week two at home. I don't think that'll be the same. I think we'll finally get off the board at home at week five against the Rams, like I say, even though they've got Aaron Donald and, and all the guys that we know that they've got. I think I don't think Matt Stafford is the answer in LA personally. Um, I don't think he's as good as everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people seem to think Matt Stafford is. Um, and like I say, I think the offensive line is potentially a little bit questionable as well in LA. So, um, I'll give us the win for that one again. It won't be it won't be a blowout because it, it it probably should be, but it won't. But I'll I'll give us the win. What do you think, Pez? Yeah, it's going to be a win. Um, I don't don't rate Stafford. Like if he's this if, if he's this uh, maverick who's going to come into McVeigh's offense and totally transform this offense, and it's going to be amazing. Mm. Well, people got to remember he's on the other side of 30 now, is he? And uh, yeah, he's on the other side of 30, uh, been playing uh, in Detroit for all his career. And at the end of the day, just because the team's bad doesn't make him throw bad, make, make yeah. like throw bad balls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the element of the unknown is. Is that, that just integrated into his game now? Or is, is it genuinely because he's at the Detroit Lions? Because why isn't he trying to get out anytime soon? Like, mm. everyone's like, oh, it's just because of the Detroit Lions. Well, why is he not trying to leave? Like, mm. why is he just like, oh, he signed a contract again? Does it, does he, because does, does he know like he can make a killing out of them? And then if he goes to a team who's a contender, he's going to get found out. So I don't buy into him, I don't buy into the hype. And then also, people aren't talking about they've lost um, that Staley. 
the de- the defensive coordinator, and mm. I think people are sleeping on that a little bit more than what it might come out and be. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not buying into them. I'm not buying into the hype of them. So I'm like very biased at the moment because we're five and all. But this is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Super Bowl, baby. I, I I agree with you, Pez. I I've been saying it as well. It's like what has Matt Stafford done or what has Matt Stafford proven that everyone is chalking him up to be this savior who's being parachuted into LA to, you know, be the, the, the final piece to lead them to that Super Bowl victory. I just, I don't get it. He had, he had Calvin Johnson for so many years. I was just like, throw the ball to Calvin Johnson. Doesn't matter if he's in triple coverage, he's going to get up and he's going to catch that ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't buy into the Matt Stafford hype either um i think he makes them marginally better than what jared goff did but he's mm. not going to be this the savior that everyone expects no no I, I can't see that at all week six at the pittsburgh steelers at heinz field again another tough game and in, in what is a tough schedule really for the seahawks but another tough game um what do you think chris um i hate to say it because i hate the Steelers so goddamn much but I'm I'm gonna give the uh I'm gonna give the Seahawks the the loss on this one okay yeah I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna struggle with Pittsburgh's defensive line I think TJ Watt's gonna uh probably wreak havoc a little bit um I mean I I have a lot of faith in our offensive line this year uh but that Pittsburgh defense is still extremely good um yeah. and uh Akello Witherspoon revenge game. True. Oh god, you yeah, didn't even think of that. Oh no. He's gonna oh. he's gonna be cut. He's gonna be cut he's by not. this time. <laughs> Ever, the optimist. Ever the optimist. Um yeah, it, it's gonna be a really tough game. Like I say most recent game in, in, in Pittsburgh, that twenty eight to twenty six win over the Steelers that we played in twenty nineteen. Um so again, a, a really close game. Then I think it'll be a really close game again. Like I say, the Steelers' defense is absolutely no joke. We all know that. Um, I, I, they've got one of my favorite guys in the league in general in terms of Minka Fitzpatrick. Mick, he says his name wrong. Minka, <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> um, he's he's a guy I wish we stop laughing. Right, he's a guy. I wish we absolutely traded for when we were linked with him. Um, I think he would have been a better investment than Jamal Adams. Um, but regardless, putting that to the side, I can I can I can see us dropping a loss here. Unfortunately, um, say it'll be a close game as most games this season will be, and with the Seahawks in general as we always do. Um, but yeah, I think their defense just just overpower that offensive line that you've talked about, Chris. And, and I think, and like you say, they've still got Big Ben, who, who's still playing well at his age. And, you know, they've got a couple of really good receivers in Claypool and, and, and Smith-Schuster and, and guys like that. So, yeah, it, it's that, that's a tough game. I think the Steelers are, are a bit of a sleeper team this year in the AFC for me. Um, so I think I can see us dropping a loss there. What do you think, Pez? Yeah, we're going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I away to the Steelers at Heinz Field that early into the season because I think with the Patri- uh, Patriots, bloody hell, I'm being among now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Pittsburgh early on in the year is they always start on fire mm. and then and then go downhill. Mm. So, Ben's, Ben's arm's not cooked yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the defence is always like up there as one of the top five every single year. That's yeah. going to cause issues. Um, and 
Big Ben's just going to be on fire. And he's quietly got a trio if Juju can just stop being a prick and focus <laughs> on football. That's not the um, one. He's got like a one of the best trios to throw to in the league. I, yeah, he does. I, I put that down like uh, Deontay Johnson and uh, Claypool, I think are going to take a real big step. And to be honest, they probably, the thing with Juju, I think he's got to watch out for is he just, he might get overshadowed by them too soon. And the next minute he's going to be like, all right, no one cares about my TikToks anymore. No, let, <laughs> let me play football again, please. But I just think them three, if they all get clicking, Big Ben's clicking, defense mm. clicking, they're going to be hard to turn over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's not getting any easier. Week seven, the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, a big change at the quarterback position. No more Drew Brees season in this in New Orleans. Um, Lumen Field is the setting for this one. Obviously, we don't need to remind people. Or we can remind people of, of that very famous day back in 2011 with the Beast Quake and the Saints at Lumen Field. We've we've had some good memories at Lumen Field against the Saints. Is it going to be another one, Chris? Yeah, there was the, the the beast quake, which I yeah. can still tell you exactly where I was when that uh, when that happened. Uh, there was the wasn't it the Saints that they absolutely beat up on in the divisional game uh, in the the Super Bowl year? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm. uh, I actually watched that one uh, somewhat recently with uh with my son <laughs> he didn't want to watch cartoons one day so i put that game on for him um raising him well yeah yeah exactly forcing <laughs> forcing it on him um i th- this is a win i think mm. um their offense is going to take a big step backwards this year uh without drew Brees there um i've that that's been my hot my fantasy football hot take of the year is that Alvin Kamara is not a top five running back this year. Ooh. Um, yeah, yeah. Jesus I tra- Christ. I, tra- I, tra- I traded Kamara away and I, I am avoiding him in fantasy this year. Did yeah. you draft him on me, Pez? Because now I'm on second thoughts. Was it me? Uh, I can't I remember. But tom- tomorrow in our draft, Chris, I'm a... Uh... <laughs> All about him then. All about uh, yeah. him. All about him. <laughs> I, I had so I'm in a keeper league. I've had Camara since his rookie season, and I traded him for the second overall pick this year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna say this is a win. Yep. Yeah, I, I can roll with that. Like I say, it's a it's a big season of change in New Orleans. Um. Like I say, obviously no more Drew Brees. A little bit of uncertainty at the quarterback position. Um. If it's Jameis Winston, if he's the guy, then I really don't rate Winston really, um, as, as most people don't. He's like I say, he's one of those weird quarterbacks where he, he is talented. Like he, I think he's led the league in passing touchdowns recently, a couple of seasons back. But at the same time, he also leads the league in interceptions and turnovers. So he's he's just a real mixed bag with with James Winston, and and I think he probably hands you a couple of touchdowns most games really because of his of his of his mistakes, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll chalk this down as a win. Um, like I say, defence is OK. Um, like I say, they've got some nice offensive weapons, obviously, but um, I, I can see us being a being a better team than the Saints, really. Um, and I would like to think we are again. Like I say, if we, if we want to be serious this year, again, I think we need to be beating the Saints at home. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll mark that down as a win. What, what do you think, Pez? Yeah, it's going to be a win, and I'm going to say it's going to be the best defensive performance you'll see. From the Seahawks this season, yeah? 
not from the season, but I think it's going to mm. be like, so you two are saying that the, the DBs are a bit of a, a worry. Mm. I reckon this is going to be the best defensive game because what they've got Max Cal- Cal- Callaway, who's mm. like emerged a little bit, but they've got no Michael Thomas. They've uh, Tracon Smith looked like he's banged up. Uh, Troutman, who's meant to have a breakout because he's the only tight end they've got. He's, <laughs> the, he's down. Like, who who they throw into? Yeah. And then so and and then you you relying on Winston to throw to like like what caliber of receiver? Like mm. he couldn't he couldn't throw to Evans without throwing in thirty interceptions. He had Evans and Godwin. He couldn't throw to them two without throwing thirty interceptions. Yeah. What's he gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Very Someone coming point. through your come through your roof, Chris. Do you hear you heard that? You heard that too, eh? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> My 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 kids must have dropped something. <laughs> so week eight, Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence's Jaguars. Um I've, I've, I've again... predicted I've predicted for both of you here. I'm just gonna see if it's right. Alright, okay. Um it is again a bit of an unknown team. The Jaguars could surprise a few people this year. They could be really bad again. I, I don't really know where to put my finger with the Jaguars. Um Chris, what do you reckon on this one, mate? Yeah, I'm not even going to go into depth on this answer. It's a win. Good luck. Yeah, win for me. Win End for me. All day. Yeah. Bigging it up is a tough game. Yeah, win, win, win. Anyway, week nine, bye week. We'll win that week, I think. I think we'll mark that down as a win. Um, week 10, the Green Bay Packers, the one of the old enemies of Seahawks recent years. Um, Lambeau Field, one of the toughest places to go and play in the NFL. It's probably going to be very cold by then as well. Is that going to be a win or a loss, Chris? Yeah, uh, Russell Wilson has never won in Lambeau Field in his NFL career. And unfortunately, mm. the streak continues. It's a loss. Mm. Yeah, um, I'll agree with you. We, we, we just don't seem to ever win at Lambeau Field like obviously we have but in recent years in in, in like the Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll era it, it is one of those places where you see as soon as the schedule comes out obviously I look for the 49ers I look for the Rams and everything and I look for when we're playing the Packers at Lambeau Field if we're playing them because it's just it's just an absolute I couldn't picture a worse game for the Seahawks but we just it, it just never ever ever fills me with confidence going to Lambeau Field against even if it's not even Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback because like I said we don't even know really what's happening with that yet but it, again it's freezing cold we never win just mark it down as a loss move on and uh, simple as that for me what do you think Pez? Yeah we're gonna lose yeah simple as no um do you know what it was gonna be one of my hot takes of the season that we were gonna beat them but like you, the, like you said, James, the biggest like the thing for me is it's going to be too cold. Russell mm. Wilson. That's why if the Vikings away was around this time of the schedule, I'd have put mm. that as a loss. Russell mm. Wilson yeah, does yeah. not play well in them cold conditions. Minnesota. Say... Sorry to interrupt. Minnesota's indoors. It mm. used to be out. It was outdoors, but their their new stadium yeah. that they just opened is uh, is oh. indoors now. Good shout. That is true. That is true. The wonders uh, of insulation. Sorry, I just have to. I just have to. You know, protect, I just have to protect protect my guy Russell Wilson. Just, you know, <laughs> just just call me just call me Dwayne Brown. 
Yeah, I think we'll have to start a petition for a, for a roof to be built at Lambeau Field, won't we? Um, yeah, that's right. Anyway, so that's a loss for you as well, then, Pez, yeah? Yeah. Right, you know, okay. you you know what I find just sorry before you move on to to the week eleven mm. there the the weirdest bit that Russell Wilson has never won in Lambeau. Mm. He went to he went to school in Wisconsin. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't all. make any sense, right? Like, it's, it's, I don't I don't get it. Like, what is this mental block that you can't win in Lambeau, but you? played at wisconsin i just i don't i i don't get it i i wish this would be the year I, hopefully we're, we're all wrong and this is the year the streak ends yeah it must just be the lucas aid that they that they fill the guys with at lambeau it, it, it's something like that because like i say it doesn't make sense at all that, that he doesn't play well even though he's from wisconsin um so week 11 arizona cardinals at lumen field again a bit of a, I, I, well, as as the NFC West is, every game is going to be a tough game for us this season in the division. Um, Chris, what do you think, mate? At Lumen Field, Cardinals is that a win? Yeah, I also uh, talking about how much I hate the Rams games. I also hate the Cardinals games. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, I'm going to say Seattle wins this one. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get behind that as well. Um, like I say, Kyler Murray, I, I I rate him more than Pez does. Uh, and I can, I can, I think we'll get his opinion on Kyler Murray in just a second. But I, I, I rate him a little, bo- a little bit more than than some people do. Um, I think he, I think he is does have the scope to be a, 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 you know, a very, very decent quarterback in this league for for the future. But right now, I think he's still got a few parts of his game that he needs to work on and that are costing him and, and his team a little bit. Um, like the Cardinals games in recent years, like I say again, they've always been close. They've always been box office. Um, something dramatic is bound to happen. Um, if this was in Arizona, if this was in Phoenix, I would say that someone would be getting injured in a Seahawks uniform, someone ma- massively important, as as is the curse in Arizona. Um, but it's at Lumen Fields, again, home field advantage. Um, and again, one that we should be winning if we want to win the NFC West and if we want to be serious this season. So I'll mark that down as a win. What do you think, Pez? Um, hmm. Come on, it's Kyler Murray. I know, but it's the Cardinals. It's not just Kyler right. Murray, is it? <laughs> um, I don't even. I don't like the fact that we've got to play in the last game of the season. As well, because that could True. be a game up the sides, playoff implications. How how many weeks is it from the bye? Because I've only got the fixtures, not the bye week. We've gone past the bye week. Bye week was in week nine. So what week's this? Eleven. Week eleven. Packers. Do you know what? I'm going to say a win. I was I was tempted to say a loss, but I'm going to say a win, solely mm. because. Off the bye, they're gonna. It's gonna be a hard game against the Packers, and then they're gonna come back home, and they're gonna wanna get themselves on the right track. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can get behind that. Um, week twelve, Washington, <clears throat> FedEx Field. Um, obviously, they might not be still called the Washington Football Team by then. Um, but as of now, Washington Football Team, FedEx Field. Again, a, a team that again would probably overlook in recent years, but I don't think you can overlook this Washington team nowadays. So, with that in mind, Chris, what do you think on this one? 
Uh, this is going to be the best defense the Seahawks face all year. Um, mm-hmm. Want to talk about a top five defense? It's Washington. They're probably a top three defense this year, I would even say. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Seattle loses this one as well. Yeah. Um, like I say, it was a, I think we sort of saw what was in store with with the Washington football team nowadays and, and who they are at the minute last season. It was a really close game, really tight game. Like I say, only won it in the in the last players of the game with, with Carlos Dunlap and, and getting the sacks and everything. But um, yeah, defence is, is, like I say, is top three in my opinion, arguably could be viewed as the top defence in the NFL. Um, Chase Young's a monster. I think he'll be the best defensive end in the NFL by, by the time his career is said and done. I think he'll... He'll have been viewed as that. Um, I rate him very, very highly indeed. Um, and, and and like I said, although at the minute it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the quarterback, and he's probably, he's probably, I'll give him average as a quarterback in nowadays in the NFL. I'm not going to be hit too harsh on him and say he's below, below average quarterback, but they've got some really nice weapons, you know, Terry McLaurin and and, and stuff like that, and the, their offense is improving. Their defense is is, is really, really good. Um, Again, yeah, I, I would have overlooked it and just marked it down as a win two seasons ago, but I, I can't do that now and, I, and I'm not going to do it again. Um, yeah, that's a loss for me, unfortunately. I don't know, I don't know about you, Pez. Um, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because it is, mate. even though on paper they, are go- they should be one of the best defences in the league, mm. The thing is with it, right, is Ron Rivera. I remember back to the Panthers' uh, defenses, and they were really good. Like when Seahawks and Panthers had that like playoff back to like year after year little battle with them. Mm. So he he has it in him to be able to get them to the level they need to get to. Do I have faith in their offense? That's my that's my biggest question. And what's our mm. defense like at that time? I don't know where it's getting from really because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. But the defense could literally shut us out of the game. Mm. It's just then their offensive weapons, they don't really uh, scare me that much. Mm. I go for I go for a loss. <laughs> All that for a loss. I was hoping you <laughs> hoping you'd see a win by that. No, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm gonna no, I'm gonna stick with my thing. I'm gonna go for a win. Oh, are you going for a win? Right. Yeah. Okay. What did Good you man. go for that, Chris? Uh I said uh, Seattle loses that one. Yeah. It's just because I'm looking at I'm looking at my... <laughs> Is it a win or is it a loss? <laughs> it's a win. It's right. a win, but at this rate we're winning the Super Bowl. Like... Well they're going to you, yeah. Fuck's sake. Right. right, right. It's right, a win on. for you. Right. Week thirteen, 49ers, Lumen Fields. Like I say, I think we did we all say we were gonna lose to the 49ers earlier this season? I think we uh... all I think I said a, no. I said a win. Did early you? In the season. No, you win. said you two said losses, and I said win. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> to the Niners away. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm sure I said win because uh, I because Garoppolo is hot garbage. Right. Because <laughs> right now I have 
would are you making note of all the wins and losses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now I have Seattle at seven and four. Oh well I have you at seven and four, yeah. So I, must have, I must have like been among about that. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh yeah, no, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. You did, you did, you did. It's because of the way I'm. I'm trying. I tried to be cute with the way I did it, and I just <laughs> messed myself up. Like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't listen to me. <laughs> Week thirteen, forty nine is Lewin Field. Chris, is that a win or is that a loss? Uh, I don't. I mean, as much as I say Jimmy Garoppolo is hot garbage, we don't know what Trey Lance is either. So uh, it's another win versus the. San Francisco 49ers. Um, Stop stroking that fake beard of yours. Fake beard? This is groomed, mate. This is pristine. Um, Good glass with this beard. Anyway, great. 49ers. Yeah, win. Sod it. I said loss last time. Win. We've got to beat them at least once this season. I'm not... not Dropping two losses against the 49ers, that's a win. Piers? I am going to be controversial. I'm not going to be controversial, like it's not controversial, but I'm going to say that we're going to lose that because there's a few key pieces I like in, even though I don't know much about Trey Sermon, I think he's definitely going to be playing by them and he's going to be playing for a long time. And I think his mobility, even though before I said like, Jordan Brooks and stuff, his mobility is going to be a problem. Mm. Like, their defense, is, but if it's not injured by then, if it's like fully healthy, it's just going to be fully rolling by that point. And yeah, I have a feeling we'll drop, we'll, we'll drop a game to uh, the Niners at some point. Yeah. So mm. I'll say a loss. I'll say a loss for that one. Okay. Week 14, Texans, NRG Stadium. Obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of drama around the Texans organisation. Who will be the quarterback at that point? We don't yet know. Will it be Deshaun Watson? Will that all be sorted by then? It's going to be tough. Um, if it is Deshaun Watson, I think the Texans, um, with him, that their offence is OK. I think the defence is what lets them down. So, Chris, what do you think on that one, mate? Uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson is there by week 14. I don't think Deshaun no. Watson is there by week 6. Um, so I am going to say Seattle wins that one. Super. Yeah, I'll get behind that as well. I'll say the, the Seattle Seahawks will beat the Houston Texans. Pairs, what about you? Yeah, we're going to beat them, aren't they? The, the worst team in the uh, in the league, and they're going to play like the worst team in the league because they're going to want to dumpster fire themselves to get their first overall pick so they can get their new quarterback. <laughs> Bill, 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 Bill O'Brien literally has turned him into a dumpster fire. Yeah. Like, but don't get me wrong. If we play typical Seahawks football, that's a game we'll end up winning like 21 20, something daft like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's got that written all over it for that game. Um, yeah. Again, week 15 at the LA Rams, SoFi Stadium in their swanky new gaff. Um, always a tough game, I'd say, against the Rams. So, Chris, is that a win or a loss? Uh, yeah, in LA versus the Rams late in the season. Um Oh, this one's trickier than, than the first one. Uh, I'll give the Rams the win in, 
in this one. So Seattle, Seattle oh. loses. Wow, I didn't, I didn't expect that. You kind of rocked me a little bit now. Do I go win or loss? Um, Just go my, loss. My heart says win, but now my head is sort of throwing doubt into it now. Um, Just go with your heart. Win. <laughs> yeah, we'll beat the LA Rams then. Pez? Should have gone with your head. <laughs> you, right, you set me up there, didn't you? No, because Russell Wilson's never won in LA. He will now. He's never won in Green Bay. He's never won in LA against the Chargers. And then when the Rams have moved there, he's never won. There's always, there's always time for change. No, no, there's because always... when he when he is going to win, James, is when he gets to the Super Bowl. Oh, right. Oh, right. Cheeky. Yeah, Cheeky. Like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, he's, he's going to lose, gonna lose that game. He's going to lose that one. Right, yeah. okay. Week 16, Chicago Bears, Lumen Field. Chris, is that a win or a loss? <laughs> Who's the quarterback? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think Matt Nagy's lost his job by this point because he didn't mm. uh, put the right guy in at quarterback. Um, the Bears have, a, I think, some question marks on defense themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give, again, I'm going to give the edge to the home team in this scenario. Uh, so Seattle wins. Yep, makes a valid point there. I think Matt Nagy possibly won't be there by this point. Um, like I say, I think they'll make the wrong decision and go with Andy Dalton over Justin Fields. I, I think Justin Fields is NFL ready from what we've seen in the preseason and obviously what we've seen in college. Um, he was outside of Trevor Lawrence. He was my sort of you know QB2 coming out of the NFL draft. I thought he was the second best quarterback in the draft. Um, I think the Bears made a you know great pick, got, a, got him as a bit of a steal in the draft. And, and I, I think he should be the starter. I don't think he will. Willie by this point, possibly, but I think Andy Dalton will probably do enough to justify the coaches' decisions in their minds that they'll start him because, like I say, Andy Dalton, middle of the road quarterback, he's not going to be, he's not going to play bad, he's not going to play well, so the Bears will just roll with him and, and, and sit Justin Fields for the year. So I think Andy Dalton will still be the quarterback for the Bears at this point, and for that reason, one of the main reasons, I think we will beat the Chicago Bears in Week 16. Pez, what do you think, Matt? We're going to beat them. Hands down. Because, <laughs> and do you know what, James? What you just said then has yeah. to be the hottest take you've said all night. If Andy, <laughs> if Andy Dalton yeah. is still quarterback by that point, you. then not not just Matt Nagy, the the whole organisation needs sacking. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying he should Matt, be. Matt, so, so this is how it goes for the Bears. Week one, mm. Andy Dalton steps out onto that field. As soon as he puts one boot on the field mm. on the centre, McNaggy's lost his job. He's sacked. And the longer the weeks go on, the general manager follows and anyone else who's sackable in, a, in that franchise is gone. Mm. Oh, let's, I... let's, let's have it right. Andy Dalton mm. had one good season with the Bengals, got a bad injury, never came back, went to the Cowboys, looked absolutely awful last year. Mm. But apparently, he's a starting quarterback, according to McNaggy. McNaggy should be sacked right now for some of his comments, what he said. I know there's like mm. this gamesmanship where they make like head coaches like to, you know, talk shit. Yeah. But come on, mate. I, I just think it's, it's... The, the Bears' offensive line will be the reason why they won't chuck a rookie quarterback in. In my opinion, I think they'll they'll 
I don't think the Bears' offensive line is particularly good at this point, and I think putting Justin Fields in behind that offensive line is a bit of a risk. Right, I'll 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 give you that one actually because they got the Rams the opening game. So if obviously, yeah, <laughs> I, I get. So he gets a week one bye. Then. Right. Okay. So week he, two, if Justin Fields isn't on the field, then yeah, because <laughs> actually, actually, Matt Nagy's a genius. I take it all back. I'm in it. I'm <laughs> He's a genius. He's an absolute genius, isn't he? Send Andy Dalton out against the Rams in week one. Mm. Snap him in half. And then you don't need to worry about a competition anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the brutal world of the NFL. I love it. Um, week 17, the Detroit Lions. I mean, Blumenfield. Do, do I, I will go around everyone, but do I need to, Chris? This is surely a win, isn't it? Yes, that, that that's a bit, that's a big W. Yeah, this has got to be. I, I would probably mark this down as our biggest win margin this season. I, I would expect that we should absolutely be blowing out the Detroit Lions at Lumen Field. So that's a hands down win for me. I guess you're the same, Pez. Yep. Yeah. Win all day long. All day long. Week 18, the final game of the regular season. And like you say, it's in that horrible, horrible State Farm Stadium against the Arizona Cardinals. We are absolutely cursed in terms of injuries in this stadium. Um, but, you know, we, we've, and to be, well, we lost as well last season as well. But normally it's, it's, it's a place that we go to and we play well and we, and we, and we do get results. But it's, it's, a, it's a, such a mixed bag with the Cardinals. There could be anything this season. Um, so, Chris. Final game of the regular season. Is that a win or a loss? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Seattle does not split the season series with Arizona and wins both games. So they win this mm. one as well. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll get on board with that. Um, I will also mark this down as a win. Like I say, I think the Cardinals defense, aside from Buda Baker, in terms of the secondary, is leaving a little bit to be desired for me. I think our offense and Russell Wilson and the new scheme by then, by week 18, will hopefully be in absolute full flow. Um, I think the weapons that we've got, I don't think the Cardinals in the secondary and on defense will be able to match up with us. I can see us outscoring. I rate their offense, but I don't particularly rate this Cardinals secondary for me. Um, so yeah, I'll mark that down as a win to end the regular season. Pairs, what do you? What do yeah, you we're gonna we're gonna beat them. Good lad. Because. And I'm glad I put a win because can you just quickly check when what week is the first Cardinals game? Eleven. Right. That's so because did I unmanar about this one? I don't know, but I shouldn't have. And again, because I'm stupid. Because <laughs> by week eleven, Kylan Murray is going to be on at least one leg. <laughs> so by week eighteen, Kylan Murray is probably going to not be able to move. So, simple. We won. Fair enough. So, Kyle Murray's on injured reserve by week 18 and we, we blitz soon. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, come on then, Mr. Tallyman. We we have... Uh, so, me we, and James are saying 13 and 4 and Chris is saying 12 and 5. Very reasonable. So, we're all going to look really stupid or we're going <laughs> to look like geniuses. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure when I did this a few months ago on uh, on our show, I'm pretty sure I had 13 and four. So obviously, I've changed my mind on one of the games. Mm. 
I think it might have been the Green Bay. Well, actually, I know I've changed my mind on a couple games, but obviously I've changed my mind on on the overall, um, you know, record. Yeah, like I say, and, and, and I recently did a um, sort of a, a little 30 minutes NFC West Seahawks preview with two feet inbounds, another fellow uh, UK NFL page. Um, and I predicted 13 and four as the Seahawks you know, as, as, a, as a record that they should be aiming for. So clearly my opinions have stayed the same then. Um, Pez also 13 and four, are you, are you happy with that? Is that is that number what you expected? Seed. Number one seed. <laughs> hey, I love your optimism, mate. I really yeah, 13 do. 13 and four, it's number one seed all day long. Oh yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, it should be. It should be. Um, no, I think, I think they're very reasonable records. And I think, like you say, that's about the, about the win loss ratio that the Seahawks should be aiming for this season. Um and like I say, a thirteen and four, possibly even twelve and five might be good enough for your one seed. It, it depends on like I say it's there's a few on NFC is really tough. It's it's tougher than the AFC, so it, it's gonna be tough. But yeah, I c- I can see the Seahawks team getting to getting to twelve and five, thirteen and four territory definitely. Um so I think that just about wraps it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh top man. Um Oh, Chris, absolutely love coming on with you today. Um, do you want to give a little shout out to, to your podcast? I know you, you, you're one half of the Ball Hawks, pod, Ball Hawks podcast. <laughs> My pronunciation this evening has been terrible. You'll have to forgive me. Um, yeah, one half of the Ball Hawks podcast. Just tell us a little bit about that and where we can find you on, on social media and everything. Yeah, guys, I'm uh, I'm really happy to have come on. Like I said, we've been uh, you know kind of tried a few months ago, and and so I'm I'm happy we're we're able to make it work, and you know able to come on and talk Seahawks for for an entire episode. Um, mm-hmm. As you mentioned, I'm I'm co-host of the Ball Hawks podcast with my buddy Steve. Uh, Steve's a, a a Ravens fan, so we talk a little Baltimore Ravens, we talk a little little Seahawks, uh, and we talk a little you know NFL uh, you know as a as a whole. We just kind of whatever's happening around the league. Um, we're both really excited for uh, for next week. We started our podcast back in March, so we've never actually done a podcast when a regular season game has been played, so we're really mm. excited excited for that. Uh, you guys can find, uh, I mean, we've got an account for the podcast over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. Uh, if you think my Seahawks takes are hot enough, I you know, <laughs> and want to get, Give me a follow on Twitter as well. You can find me over there as well at PhillipsChris12. Um, really happy to join you guys. Uh, you know, I, I had a blast. Um, you know, hope my kids didn't make too much noise in the background <laughs> for you, but uh, uh, really enjoyed it. Oh, we, we, we couldn't hear them over the sound of the flames coming from your mic on the hot takes, mate. So it's, it's, it's no worries. Um, but no, if, if everyone is, is listening, I, I honestly really do recommend you go and check out the Ballhawks podcast uh, with, with Chris and, and his mate Steve. It, it, it is a really fantastic show. It's um, they've, they've done really, really well with it so far since starting up from March. And I think they've got some, some, some very good things planned coming over the regular season and, and going forward on that show. So no, I really do recommend you go and give that a listen at some point soon um so no once again thanks boys it's been really good yeah it's an enjoyable show that mate yeah it was yeah. mate yeah no cheers chris thanks everyone and thanks, uh, guys. yeah looking forward to the regular season hopefully we'll start week one with a win and we'll be back to review the show and review the indianapolis colts game uh, later this week um so yeah thanks for listening everyone and go hawks